Yes, Lord, we thank you that you love like that. You loved us first. You've pursued us. You've entered into this fallen mess, Lord, to make the way for us to come back to you. We thank you for fighting for us, Lord Jesus. We thank you uh, for winning that victory on the cross. Uh, we thank you for how you pursued each of us or are pursuing each of us, Lord, um, to bring us into life. Forgive us for our stubborn, stubborn pride, our obstinance, our dullness, Lord, our slowness to respond, God. And thank you for your uh, just passionate pursuit of your people, Lord. We love you. We thank you for this time. We ask that you would speak to us. We're going to try to listen to you today. Amen. Amen. All right. Good to see you. There's a little bit of a food theme today, right, in the announcements. Yeah, so my, and this is fantasy world here, but the thing that I would bring to a potluck, if I could bring anything, would bring my father-in-law, um, sometimes known as Papa, nicknamed Cricket, because this guy can grill a steak. He's a black belt grill guy, and uh, I'm, I'm under his uh, tutelage. I'm trying to learn from him. I'm about an orange belt. But uh, he would, uh, in my mind, he would be out there grilling up some ribeyes. And then, and then let's just add to the fantasy, right? Why not? Uh, my wife, who you know, experiments with bread, she would bring some bread, and she would cook it in the oven, and we would bring that out. It would be epic. We're not doing that. But that would be beautiful, right? Um, so we're going to uh, be fed today physically. And um, here's the segue. Jesus refers to himself as the bread of life, right? So the spiritual bread, this nourishment, this, this, this deep, satisfying thing that we all need, that your soul will too, because he talks about the word of God. He is the word of God in the flesh, and when he speaks, he's speaking the words of God, and he's reminded us that man and women, young and old, does not live by physical bread alone or potlucks alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. His word is essential for life. In the beginning, it's the means by which he created everything, his word. And so we're, we always try to spend as much time as possible in his word, in these messages. So we'll do that today. We've been going through uh, the words and actions of Jesus, looking at those closely through Luke. We've been in it about eight weeks Luke is one of four Gospels, four witnesses, uh, and this is a good precedent that God established with Israel. He said everything should be established with two or three witnesses, right? We still use that criteria in a court of law today. So God has given us four witnesses, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, about what Jesus did and said, and then add on top of that five other writers in the New Testament, and then they all point back to the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures, 31 other writers and witnesses. So we have all these witnesses pointing us to the same thing, the bread of life, who speaks his word to give you and me life. So we've been in this about eight weeks now, and um, it's good to, we've been kind of in these encounters that Jesus had with different people. We're going to zoom out a, a minute today, and we're going to recall the big picture, the big thing. Why did Jesus come? What did he accomplish? And what does he offer you? Why did he come? What did he accomplish? And what does he offer you? So um, where would be a good 
place to find that answer to those questions. Yeah, the Bible. Yeah, yeah let's go straight to Jesus, right? Yeah, let's, let's listen to him. So uh, he gives us a headline in Luke 4. There's a few places where he does this, but we're going to look at Luke 4. This is in the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. And this is shortly after he was baptized. All right, so he's baptized, which for him is a, an anointing, a setting apart, a public setting apart ceremony where the father, the voice of the father speaks and says, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And then the Holy Spirit is there, descends in some physical form so that people could see it and, and realize, whoa, something's happening here. Uh, the Holy Spirit comes and descends on him. And so shortly after that moment, uh, Jesus goes home. He goes to Nazareth. You remember this? We, we looked at this a few weeks ago. He goes there, and um, he gives us the headline. Here's, here's what I'm about. This is what I'm going to accomplish. Uh, this is why I'm here. So let's look at it. Luke 4, 16. Up here in your bulletin, if you don't have a bulletin, there's, there's a few more laying around. It's a good way to follow along uh, and listen to what he did and said here. Luke 4, 16. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, church day for Jews, they're gathering in a synagogue kind of like this, except they'd be facing each other. You know, use your imagination. We're similar layout. Um, and, and that was his custom. All right. He was a regular churchgoer, synagogue goer. All right. He stood up on this particular Saturday and read, I'm sorry, and the scroll of prophet of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. <clears throat> we don't know if he arranged that beforehand or if God's just superintending everything here, but it is the scroll to have read. Okay, so the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. This is Isaiah 61 for us today. He unrolled it, and he said this. He read this from Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of God is on me because, here's the why, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. All right, now this is, this is a messianic passage. This is what Jews had been waiting for. He reads it, and then he rolls up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. So he's sitting down. Eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them next, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, right here and now. The time has come. I'm the one. All right. It was quiet like this. Can you imagine? Wow. All right. So let's look at why Jesus came in this. What did you hear? To whom did he come to help? Who did he come to help? The poor. All right. The poor. Who else? The oppressed. Prisoners, the blind. All right. That's a pretty small group if we're just talking strictly 
literally there, right? Is Jesus just talking about someone who doesn't make much money, uh, somebody in prison, San Quentin, um, somebody who can't see? Who is he talking about here? Us. Humanity. All of us. All of humanity. We are the poor. We are in a poor condition, needing good news. We are the prisoners, the oppressed, needing to be freed. We are the blind, needing to see things the way they really are. Right? We need the Lord's good favor, his acceptance, his grace, his kindness. We are the ones he came poor, imprisoned uh, condition. Who can we blame for this? I need a scapegoat. Sin. Uh, who's sin? Let's get him. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Sin. Sin. Your sin, my sin. Isaiah 59, sin has separated you from God. Sin separates us from God. The wages of sin, the, the punishment we receive is death. God is holy, set apart, source of all life and joy and peace and perfection and what is right and good. And sin separates us from that. God loves humanity. He hates your sin. He hates my sin. Because it ruins his humanity. It ruins his good creation. He hates it in all of its variety. So this is a dilemma for us, right? Your sin, my sin, has cut us off from God. Separated us from God. From everything we need. This eternal wellspring of life, we are separated from it because of our sin. And you can't work your way back. Hey, maybe I could, you know, hustle a little bit more and, you know, make things up with God. Maybe I could, you know, fix this breach. And it's a very clear, emphatic no through Scripture. Because even uh, when we try to do good, uh, we get right back to it and we, we sin again. We can't get there on our own. Now, this is the metaphor for me. It's like a husband, you can flip this, a wife. But it's like a husband who yells at his wife and does what I did have tried several times, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the dishes. I'm going to, she's mad. I, I messed that up. I'm going to clean this. I'm going to go back to my task list, and I'm going to take care of those. I'm going to make it up to her, right? Anybody, does that work in your home? No. What, what do you need? You've yelled at your spouse. You've sinned. You were ugly. You've, you've broken that relationship to some extent, Right? What do you need from her or him? Forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, apology, yeah, but really we need them to say, all right, I forgive you. We need their pardon. We need their grace, right? That's what we need from God. Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. That is God's great and glorious standard, and we've broken it. I've broken it. You've broken it. We continue to break it. And here's the bad news. I'm gonna, you got to hear it. You and I will die in our sins, separated from God, unless God intervenes. 
unless God forgives, unless God moves. And it gets worse. Die in your sins, face the judge, judgment, guilty, punishment, a continuation of that separatedness from God, the wellspring of life and joy and peace. It's called hell. Don't want to end up there. And all we can say is, God, have mercy. I'm doomed. I'm doomed. I can't work out of this hole myself. I'm doomed without God's mercy, his forgiveness, his pardon, his undeserved grace. All right. So, what's the good news now? God has shown that mercy already. God came in Jesus in mercy to make a way for you and me to come back. When? When did he come? When did he do this? When did he show his mercy? I mean, you could point at different times. He came, I'm going to go back to, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim Good news to the poor, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He came in mercy. God, the Father, sent the Son full of the Holy Spirit to make a way for you and me to come back to God, to save you from that doom, from that fate, from that destiny. That is the good news. That's why he came. All right? Now we can get into this a little bit. Let's get into the nuts and bolts of this. How did he do that? How did he win this forgiveness for you and me? Uh, And how is justice still served if he just forgives us? Jesus answers us, Luke 18. At some point, Jesus took the 12 aside, his disciples, that inner group. He told them, hey, we're going up to Jerusalem. And everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man, that's the messianic title Jesus referred to himself by, about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. Or what's he talking about here? Here it is, verse 32. He, the Son of Man, he's talking about himself, will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. And on the third day, He'll rise again. The Father sent the Son full of the Holy Spirit to fulfill the prophets, to die and rise again. Jesus the Son willingly came, laid down his life for you and me on the cross, allowed himself to be mocked, flogged, and killed on the cross, submitted to that in fulfillment of the prophets. What prophets? Let's look at one. Isaiah 53, 5 written 700 years before Jesus went to the cross. Speaking of the Messiah, he was pierced for, not his transgressions, our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, your iniquities, my iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace with God was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We are healed. We are restored back to God. God's forgiveness is possible 
because of his mercy. Right? That's his mercy. On the cross, Jesus on the cross, laying it down for us, we see the justice of God for our sins. God hates sin. It'll be punished. Jesus bore that punishment for you and me. He has satisfied justice. At the same time, he has displayed his mercy for you and me, given us the opportunity to receive that gift for us so we can be set right with God. God offers us that amazing forgiveness. It's wild, right? God, the Son, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, to be held on to. But he humbled himself. He lowered himself, took on human flesh, came as a servant to serve you and me, submitted even to death, the worst kind of death, death on the cross for you and me. That, brothers and sisters, is the love of God, the reckless audacious, generous is an understatement, love of God. That's the offer. That's the good news that releases the oppressed, sets the prisoners free, opens the eyes of the blind. That's the Lord's favor. That's the good news. So how do we take hold of this? How do you take hold of this? Maybe for the first time, how do we retake hold of this to remember it and uh, be strengthened by it today? Well, we find it right after Jesus' death and resurrection. So about 50 days after Jesus' death and resurrection, after he did what he said he would do, after, he, after a period of 40 days when he gave many convincing proofs to people that he was alive, over 500 people, 500 plus witnesses, after that, God poured out his spirit on his people like he said he would. In Jerusalem, it was festival time. A lot of people in Jerusalem, it was packed. And God enabled his first followers there to be able to speak the wonders of God's, God in other languages. People gathered in the city. It's crowded. They hear this racket. They go there. And Peter begins proclaiming the good news, speaking it out to others. And 3,000 people there heard and believed. Said, okay, I, yes. And received this. Actually, they asked, how do we receive it? What do we do now, Peter? How do we receive the salvation? And Peter said what the church has been saying ever since 2000, for these past 2,000 years all over the world. He said this, Acts 2, 39, repent Turn away from sin, that old way, life without God. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, God's living presence. This gift is for you, your children, and for all who are far off, all whom our Lord, the Lord our God will call. All right. And that includes many of us here. Right? We've, we've gone through this already. All whom the Lord our God will call also includes Muhammad. 
and Muhammad is going to take this step of baptism today. Come on up, Muhammad. He heard the good news about Jesus. He heard this. He believed it. He's repented. He has freely chosen to follow Jesus as Lord of his life. So I asked him to share uh, why he's being baptized. Yeah, good to see you. They're already clapping. You, you, yeah, man. you're good. <laughs> Hello, good morning, my OCC family and friends. My name is Mohammed Mirkushesh, and I'm from Iran. I have been married to my beautiful wife for 20 years, 20 years. And we have two beautiful daughters. In Iran, I had to go uh, look for Jesus without getting caught by the government because you arrest, arrested and maybe execution by government. Ever since I met two OTC family and prayed with you, uh, and Jesus answered all my prayers, and my love changed, and I fell in love with Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to be baptized because there is no salvation in anyone other than Christ, and I want to be saved from hell. When I called the name of Jesus uh, to save me from my sins, he heard my voice and saved me and changed my life. Uh, Jesus was, uh, Jesus was cru uh, crucified for me since to bring God's justice and love. Jesus is the only one who rose from the dead. Jesus guarantees us going to heaven. And the finally, I, wa I would like to thank you all and uh, especially Pastor Wayne, my older brother Hamid, other and all. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Yes. Yeah. So we're we're taking the step of baptism, and what is baptism? All right. So um, God gave this requirement to Jews as a way to be cleansed. Uh, and so in the new covenant that we're under, this new age that we're under, Jews and Gentiles, we are baptized. And it's a picture for us of when, when Muhammad goes back down into the water, it's a picture of him dying to his sins, dying to that old life without God, and rising up in his new life with God. It's, it's a picture of cleansing, right? It's a, you are cleansed for your sins completely past, present, future. Jesus paid for yours and my sins in full on the cross. You don't have to get rebaptized again and again and again. Jesus did it. This is a way for you to say, what you did for me, Jesus, I need. My works couldn't accomplish it. I'm putting my trust in your work for me on the cross. And uh, Muhammad has already believed, and as soon as you believe, you are saved. And then this is a way for us to mark it. It's a step of obedience to Jesus who called us to be baptized. And um, it's an yeah, affirmation of what he's done. So a few 
uh, statements uh, that uh, Muhammad's going to make. He made some of them already, uh, but then I have one for us as well. So let me uh, repeat after me, okay? I turn away from my old life. I turn away from my old life. To turn to a new life with God. To turn to new life uh, with, with God. God. Yes. I turn away from sin and evil. I turn away from sin and evil. And I choose to live now for God. And I choose to live on, uh, for God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I break all ties. I break all ties. To any evil spirits or other gods. Other gods, yeah. Uh, I receive the gift, I receive the gift of, Jesus sacrifice of Jesus' sacrifice for my sins. For my sins. I receive God's forgiveness. I receive uh, forgive, uh, forgiveness. Uh, That's good. Yeah. Uh, I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe that, that Jesus is alive. I believe that, uh, that Jesus is alive. Risen from the dead. Risen from the dead. Jesus is now, Jesus is now Lord of my life. Lord of my life. All right. And that's just the beginning of his new life with Jesus. And um, from the beginning, what did Jesus' disciples do first? Like, right after those 3,000 were baptized, what did the first church do together? Well, we read it in Acts uh, 2.48. From the beginning, Jesus' disciples continued to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's the New Testament pointing back to the Old Testament. Uh, to fellowship with God's people, that's what we're doing today, to breaking bread, that's communion, but it's also eating together, enjoying each other, and to prayer. Do you commit yourself to doing these things also? I do. Yes. All right. Will you make it your aim to love God with all of your heart, mind, and strength? I will. Will you make it your aim to love your neighbor as yourself? I will. All right, that's the target. We don't do it perfectly, but that's the target. Will you join in the mission that Jesus has given us to help make disciples of others, to help get the good news out? I will. Awesome. All right, congregation, brothers and sisters in Christ, will you do your part to help Muhammad grow in Christ? If so, say, I will. I will. Awesome. We're with you in this. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Father, ah, for making us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling us with new life. All right, you ready to get wet? Okay, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, I want you to take those off. Yeah, that'd be better. All right, hold on to the sides there. It's a little slippery. Oh, it's a little colder than normal, so <laughs> go ahead, step all the way in. All right, uh, anybody want to come up with him? All right, all right. No, not yet. not yet. He's ready. He's been waiting a long time. In Iran, you can't do this. If you're born Muslim, or you, you can't. been waiting to be baptized. Um, we've heard your good confession, Muhammad, and it is our pleasure and joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, go ahead and sit back, lay back, dead to the old. There he goes. All right. Yeah.
a new creation, a new man. Yes. You want to join me and pray? Come on up and pray for Lord, we lift up Muhammad to you. Lord, this is, a, this is your king, our brother. Thank you for making us uh, part of the same family together, Lord God. And we ask that you would continue to fill him and strengthen him by the power of your spirit, Lord God, to live this new life well, Lord. Help him each day. Help him remember your great love for him. Help him remember this moment, this commitment to you, and bless him. The Lord says he will honor those who honor him, and you have honored your Lord today. Amen. All right. Good job. Yes. All right. Hold the rails. You make me nervous. All right. Whew. I mean, we could just stop there, but let's do a little bit. Let's go on to, okay, now what, right? You become a believer. You receive this grace. You, you've taken hold of this salvation. Now what? Um, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. First, if you are like, hmm, that's interesting, I'm curious, maybe the Lord is prompting me to pursue that, this is what it looks like. You too can take hold of that salvation if you haven't yet. Three words for you, your first fill in, believe. You've got to hear and understand the good news, the message. And that takes a while. That's not like a boom thing, all right? So if you're wrestling with this good news, what is this good news? I think there's something here. I want to know more. Please talk to us, right? You can talk to somebody uh, afterward during the last song, uh, during prayer time. You can talk to me afterwards. Walk this through together. It took me a few months to really get to that point where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm beginning to understand this good news, and I believe. All right, next step is to repent. It's like, you know, hard shift. You can't receive this great news. Hey, thank you, Jesus, for paying the punishment for my sins on the cross and then continue in sin. All right, you got to make a commitment. You got to make a choice. And God calls us to exercise our free will to make that choice. And then he helps us to live that out. And that part is a process, learning to stay out of sin, choose against sin. That's a daily thing. But you, we make that one commitment. And then it's receiving. It's receiving the forgiveness. I am forgiven. Uh, some people, you know, they hear the good news and they don't quite receive it. You, you, you are in God's grace. You uh, are in his love. Receive that. And that's a process as well. Receive that more and more into your heart, God's loving grace for you and the Holy Spirit, God's very presence in us. Okay, so that's how you take hold of this. And now that question, then what? What's, what's next? Just wait around until Jesus comes back or I kick it, and I'm with him. That's, I mean, I mean, that's an option. We are waiting for that, yes. Um, uh, go back to the way we were living. All right, that's cool. Uh, got, got baptized. Just go back to the way, whatever I was doing. No, no. We start this new life. One of the, the things, and before I get too far ahead, we start by remembering, by remembering again and again daily, remembering who we are, what he's done. Because that is your strength. His love is, your, is our strength. All right, so what do we remember? Remember three things I'm going to highlight today. Remember 1 John 4.10. This is love. You want to know what love is, real love is? Like genuine, authentic love. This is love. Not that you loved him, but that he loved you and gave his son 
as an atoning sacrifice for your sins. Wow. I didn't earn that love. I deserve something far different from his love. I didn't love him first. I didn't choose to love him. He chose to love me. And that love brought me to life again. Right? This is love. We've got to remember this great love. You're not loved because of what you did, because of what he did. He chose to love you. Remember this. This love is your strength to get you through anything. This love is your anchor, your rock. He loved you. Yeah, but I, I screwed up today. He loved you before you did anything good. He loved you despite all the bad you've done. He chose to love you. Receive it. Remember it. That's your strength. Remember that daily. Remember this. Next thing, 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. New creation over there. New creations here. The old is gone. The new has come. You are part of God's new creation. You're not, no longer part of that old sinking ship, that doomed ship. That is fading out. You're part of the new creation. And when did that new creation begin? It's why we meet on Sundays. Jesus' resurrection. On the third day, he rose from the dead. If he didn't, none of this happened. Jesus rose on the third day like he said he would. That is the beginning of that new creation. That resurrection body is the beginning. And we have been brought into it by God's grace. You're a new creation. We still have this old, you know, fading, cursed suit. But we're going sh- to uh, get rid of that. And we're going to be with God forever. All right, we're part of his new creation now and for eternity. All right, remember that. Don't get so caught up in fretting and worried about this world. It's temporary. Don't get so caught up. You're part of God's new creation, his kingdom. So remember that. We remember his great love for us. And then we remember what uh, Jesus said to us in Luke 10.22. All things, Jesus said, have been committed to me by the Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father. No one truly knows the Son except the Father. No one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Choose Father, it's not because you had great insight or wisdom because you're anything. It's because the Son of God chose to reveal himself to you. Chose to reveal God and his salvation to you. So let's remember this. Remember it now. Remember it tomorrow. Remember as you go through your day and all of its ups and downs. Remember the next fill-in. God loves me. Personalize this. God loves me. He chose me and made me a new creation. That's true for you. God loves you. God chose you, made you a new creation. Don't go back to the old. Don't get caught up into that. Stay in the new. All right, that's what we do now, followers of Christ, people who have been made new by him, received his love, received his grace, received his gift. What else? How else do we live in this new thing? Luke 10. Luke 10, 38. As Jesus, uh, Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha, 
was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him, came to Jesus, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sisters left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to come help me. Martha, Martha, Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. The old way versus the new way. The old way, Martha's living in that still. Distracted, in a tizzy, upset, worried about many temporary, earthly, worldly things. Right? Task-oriented. Task first. All right. Mary... Shows us the new way. Resting and being present with Jesus. Through it all. In it all. There's a lot to be taken care of, apparently. Martha was taking care of it. Mary chose to be with Jesus. To rest in him. Let's remember to be in the new like Mary here. The next fill-in. Remember to rest. Rest in his loving presence. Rest in his loving presence. Anybody get worked up, kind of stressed out, frantic? Yeah. And there are reasons, there's, biz, there's things to get done for sure. I think the opportunity for us is in the midst of that to not lose our minds, to not get snappish, to not live out of the old stuff. Dude, why aren't you doing anything? Well, come on. You know, being that person, anybody turn into that person? but resting in Jesus, listening to him, taking that in as you go through your day. doesn't mean you always, doesn't say, hey, go be a monk and pull out of life completely. No, you can do this in the busyness of your day. You're going into a meeting, you're stressed. Rest in his loving presence. Jesus is right there with you, in you, wherever you go. Access that. Remember that. Don't get caught up. You're part of a new creation. Don't get so consumed with the here and now. All right. This is the new way. And don't get so distracted, worried, and upset, but rest in his loving presence. Next one, Luke 9. Then he said to them all, to his disciples there, this group, Jesus saying this, whoever wants to be my disciple... You want to be my disciple, you want to be my follower, you want to stay with me, must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life, hold on to it, will lose it. But whoever loses their life, is willing to let go, for me, will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, this dying, sinking ship, and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Wow. Now, in Jesus, brothers and sisters, third fill-in, put aside yourself you because that is where you will find life 
If you try to frantically hold on to this life and follow Jesus, you're not going to be following Jesus, and you're actually going to lose what you thought you had saved. You're going to miss out on life, more life that God has for you. Muhammad, you become a, you become a believer in Iran. You say yes to Jesus. You receive that gift of life, and you want to follow him you're going to have to give up some stuff. You're going to have to deny yourself. He's left his country, his home. Otherwise, he's going to be in prison, executed. That cost is clear there. The cost for us is a daily cost. I was thinking of some more daily costs. We, we actually hit this verse, the parallel verse in, in Matthew, uh, but in our men's group on Friday, and we are talking about this. Following Jesus means denying stuff, letting go of some things to take hold of him. What things? A couple guys mentioned tithing. Like a call to start being generous, like God is generous. Giving finances to God's work. Trusting him with that. Giving to God. Like that's pretty tangible, right? Another guy uh, went to go help his daughter, kind of disrupted his life for a little while, went to go help his daughter did some tasks, did some household work. He's not a household work guy, but he's doing it for his daughter. He's laying down his life, taking up that little cross to follow Jesus, because that's what Jesus called him to do. And at the end of that, he was blessed. She was blessed. But he didn't see it. He wouldn't see that reward. He wouldn't see that life unless he had denied himself, followed Jesus, obeyed him in doing that thing. That's how this thing works. God has life for you, more life. You come into it as you deny yourself and follow him, as you put him first. Say, Jesus, I'm going to do what you are calling me to do here. For me, it's, it's twofold in these past week or so. One, Jesus, deny myself means sometimes being quiet, listening, resting, trying not to verbiage my way. Other times, it's speaking. When I know what I'm going to say is going to be cause conflict or going to be hard. It's following Jesus, denying myself. Lots of examples of this. Here it is. Put yourself, put aside yourself to follow Jesus wherever he leads. That's where you'll find life now and when he comes. When it's all revealed, you're going to be, dang, I'm so glad, Jesus. I did those, that task list that you gave me. Um, all right, so let's, let's stand up. Let's thank God for what he's done for us, what he's calling us into. And yeah, let's commit ourselves to following him where he leads. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord, for coming after us. You started this thing off in the first place, and we needed it. And sometimes we didn't, we didn't even realize we needed it. You opened our eyes to the truth. You opened our eyes to reality. Um, you opened our eyes to be able to see you, that you are the one. So thank you, Jesus, for that great love. Thank you, God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we thank you. Lord, And we ask that you would help us to remember these things, to, to go out from here with these resources, remembering we are part of your new creation, not the old. Help us not live in the old anymore. 
Lord, help us to remember your great love for us so we can rest in your loving presence and not be distraught and worried and upset about many things, Lord God. Help us live in this more and more this week. Amen.